Yes, people. Ha. Oh, man, I have to say, I had forgotten all about this song. Ah, Kid Cootie, man. Love this shit. You know what I mean? Ah. And, um, yo, you think about the lyrics. You know what I mean? Yo, they're definitely applying right now. I can't sleep for shit. And, um, yeah. God damn it. I've, I've thought about killing so many people recently. It's been fucking crazy. But, um, yeah, trying to chill, trying to chill. But you know what? Um,. There's so much crazy shit happening, but what has really, what really fucking cheered me up recently was, um, yo, if if you know the comedians Burt Kreischler and Tom Segura, ah, so a, a man about a month ago, like just over a month ago, I think it was in October. But not in September. Yeah, towards the end of September, Bert released a a dance video that was funny. The dance video was funny and it blew the fuck up. And um yo, so when that happened, Tom was talking and he mentioned that he's gonna come with his. But nothing, nothing materialized. And then yesterday, ah, uh, I was just, man, I was just online, and um, I saw something, and I clicked on it. It's fucking Tom Segura's own music video, and it was so motherfucking funny. I laughed. So I nearly died laughing. My my voice is just fucked at the moment, man. It's been messy for so fucking long. Uh, and if I laugh, especially now, oh, it's not good. But man, I laughed so much, and yeah, that was just a ticket, man. Just a ticket. And every still, I look at those videos, and I'm just. Fucking laughing people, check it out. Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, music videos, they'll be on their Twitter. It's jokes, but um, all right, let's now get into some other shit because there is plenty of crazy shit happening right now. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Oh, and motherfucker, people, welcome to. Another episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void. What? Alright, so I've just seen this article talking about um, women in the gym. And is harassment meaning less women are using the gym now? And listen, right? Harassment happens. It, 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 you know, I think everyone knows that, right? It's not 
saying it doesn't. But gyms are weird fucking places. You know, like there's, you know, in this piece that is saying that people come up to them and tell them, oh, you're not doing that right. You should bend over more and blah, 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 and stuff like this, right? That shit gets said to dudes as well. You know, they talk about t- inappropriate touching. That happens to dudes as well. Like the amount of time, like I've been in the gym. And I've had like um people come over and go and just grab your arm and be like, yo, muscles are looking good, man. You and shit like that. And you're thinking, who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? Like that shit happens. Or you're you're you know what I mean? You're doing something and someone's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to um blah, 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 do this or blah, blah. and you're just like, yo, I don't know you. And it's not like it's hey, how you doing, man? Boom, 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 boom. Oh, I, I see you using this machine. Just wanted to point out the way you're doing it. You might damage your back. So, boom, boom, boom. No, 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 no. It's always oh, you need to do like bend over more or boom, boom, boom. You mean so this happens to a lot of people. So it's not just women. Now. Not saying women don't, as I said, look, not saying they don't get harassed, for real. Yeah, I'm sure that happens. But in this piece as well, they're talking about, like, personal trainers are doing this and coming up to them and blah, blah, blah. And some of the questions and some of the things they're saying, <laughs> look, it's not as so much harassment, they just... Dumb dudes They're dumb dudes Who are spending all their day In the gym So for them The only way They will talk to a girl Is if it's in the gym But it's like They never say Yo so I wrote a complaint to the gym Like I spoke to the manager at the gym To make sure that other people Don't get hit with this bullshit so that's a weird thing in itself And Listen, right the, the amount of shit that happens As I said, look, gyms are gyms Like I went to a class once And I, w- I was doing yoga I think it was yoga or pilates It was one of the two And um, yes, yeah, so I'm in the class And there's no space So I'm at the very back And this this was like a huge ass class Like a whole lot bigger than normal You know what I mean So it was There's so many people up in there And to know what was happening I'm looking at the person in front of me So I know Alright so the arm goes to that side of my right, Okay boom, boom 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 And I don't wear my glasses In the gym Or in a class Just because Yeah it's just awkward you know what I mean? Like sweat running down your face. It's just like, yeah, it's not, doesn't work. Doesn't work, you know? So I'm looking at the person in front of me. Happens to be a chick. She turns around and is like, you're looking at my ass. I'm just like, I'm not looking at your ass. But it becomes this whole big thing. And like, they, they, I get run out of the class. Even though motherfuckers knew the situation. You understand? So, 
It's gyms are weird places, right? So I don't think it's this crazy epidemic that is spreading and it's like, oh, it's the main reason women don't go to the gym. No, because there are women-only gyms. Like, the gyms I go to, there's women-only sessions. So you get booted out at a certain time, and then for the rest of the night, women-only. So, yeah, there are plenty of places. And there's women-only classes and sessions and shit like that. So, I think to say less women are using the gym because of this... I think that's kind of bullshit. I think it's kind of bullshit. Because if you want to use the gym, there are definitely ways to use the gym. You know? And if you're having a problem with a personal trainer, speak to the gym and get my man thrown out. Or my girl thrown out. Whatever. You know? But understand... Shit happens to everyone in gyms, man. Like some some dude actually, some dude spoke to me um on Monday, on Monday. So I'm walking, have my headphones on, and I'm just here. Hey, 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 and I I, I take my headphone out and I look around and I was like, yo, hey, oh, so I see you be you use those machines all the time. But you still, um, doesn't seem to be working, though. And I'm like, wait, what? And then he's like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. It's because, like, yeah, you don't, I mean, you don't need to do. And it's just like, I don't know you and you're having this fucking weird, like, why are you talking to me? You know what I mean? But, yeah, that happens. And, look. You can either get in it to it with someone or just be like, I don't even give a fuck, man. You know what I mean? This is a, a, a small part of my day. I'm not letting this fuck my day. So you just get on with your own. You know you, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think, look, if you want to f- try and find an issue, you can find an issue. You can... Gauge something in a certain way If you really want to And that's what This seems to be It's just a weird Article That was commissioned by These weirdos That are trying to push a certain Narrative You know what I mean So um Yeah Listen Gyms are weird places But there are a load of them so, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just find what works for you, people. Find what works for you. All right, so uh, everyone seems to be talking about this Prince Andrew interview that he did with, um, uh, you know, the BBC uh, to talk about, the, uh, you know, his relationship with... Um, Jeremy X X Epstein Jesus Jeffrey Epstein even man <laughs> uh, it's it's just weird 
It's so weird. So he yeah, he did this interview with um Emily Mat Matelius, who um, you know, she's part of Newsnight. And I'm just I'm I'm just surprised that anyone really expected much from it. You know, that people thought it was going to be more than what it was. I, I, it baffles me to, to think, like, wh- what did people expect? What, what did they think was going to happen here? That, you know, he was going to be like, yeah, everyone knew Epstein, like, dealt with young kids. I mean, we would just, we'd all sit around and laugh and be like, man, I wonder when Epi's going to get caught. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, he's a trickster, isn't he? Ah, oh, the old cad. Oh, what a fool. No, he he's not going to do that. He's not going to be like, yeah, I knew everything. Like, how... How is that going to help him? He's not going to put himself in that situation. That's insane. And then to, you know, like, talk about the victims or talk, go, yes, I did rape a girl. Um, You know, actually, I don't think it's, no. I think sexual consent in the UK is 16. So, and this girl's 17. So that's not even, yeah, so that's not right. But he's definitely not still going to admit to having sex with a 17-year-old. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think she's saying rape. He raped her. Um, but yeah, he's not going to admit to that. Like, what are people thinking? That, yeah, he's going to admit... To um to you know what I mean doing all of this, I admit to knowing about sex, saying he had sex with underage kids. No, he's definitely not gonna do all of that. He's not gonna have. He was never gonna have a like a repentant attitude. He was always gonna be what, what exactly what was seen. That's what it always was going to be If there was going to be an interview <laughs> You know what I mean That That's it That's it So people And it's just You know All the people now Like You've got um, Ex-AIDS And um, Ex You know Press office workers From the palace And yeah, biographers and all of this going. Oh, it was a car wreck, and oh yes, you know, he was always this, and he was always that, and ba 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 ba. I'm just like, I don't believe what they're. I don't believe them. You know, because they used to work at the palace. They don't any longer. Like, what was the reasons for them leaving, firstly? Because a lot of times it sounds like they've got grudges. So they're all coming out now. Because if they felt this way, why not say it 
ages ago. Do you mean? Why not say it then? But no, it, it suddenly all happens now. So anything all these other people are saying is just whatever. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. But the crazy thing is, like, look, Prince Andrew is always a dick. He's like, the, the thing about the royal family is, it's the royal fucking family. They don't live in, you know what I mean, the, the, the same sphere as everyone else. So they're not like anyone else. They're always, they're all aloof and all of this. Now, people like the young ones. You know what I mean? Like Harry and whatever his fucking brother is called. Will, William, Bill, whatever. So they they like those, the younger ones, because they think, oh, they're around my age. Like... Oh, I could meet them. Or oh, they drink, I drink. Oh, we're so alike. Ah. You mean, so they like them. But the older generation ones, the older ones, Charles and Andrew and you mean, no one gives a fuck about them. No one likes them. Because they're old and weird. But the young ones aren't any different. But people just feel, oh, they're more like me. But yeah, it's the royal fucking family. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in the, they put themselves on this plateau above everyone else. And everyone else has put them on this plateau as well. And when they do interviews, it's not a real interview. You know what I'm saying? It's not a real interview. Like, the questions will be vetoed before. You know, everything gets scrutinised. So, it's not a candid conversation. So, even, like, all these fools that think, yes, it's just, it was going to be this open conversation, this open thing. We're going to learn. Or No, it was never, ever going to be that. It was always going to be something that was dictated by, you know, the, the, the family. And that was it. And you were going to be told, you, you were going to, all that was going to happen was he was going to deny everything. And that was it. That was it, people. Wasn't going to be anything else. So everyone losing their mind. You mean everyone calling it a car crash, everyone calling it whatever, whatever. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? What actually were you numb nuts thinking here? Because you got exactly what was on the cards, and that's it. So, whatever, like, who cares? Who cares? Who really cares? Because in all honesty, what do you think can actually happen? What do you think can actually happen from any of this? Yeah? Nothing. Nothing at all. There will be no truth. There will be nothing. So... 
you know, let's just let's stop the pretense. Let's stop the pretense that anyone is actually trying to find the truth. And blah, blah, blah. No, no one is. No one is. Because even this Virginia Guthrie, whatever the fuck her name is, like she's saying, oh yeah, she had, you know, sex with Andrew when she was 17. So why is it only now? That that's come up You know what I mean Only now That's come up And listen right People want to talk about You know like people in high positions And doing this thing and blah 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 And all of that yes that happens For real Can't deny that at all But People have their own responsibility As well Right so we all make decisions and we all say to ourselves, right, I'm I'm not going to talk about that thing. Or, no, fuck it, I'm going to talk about that until someone listens to me. And there's even times when you don't talk about something for a minute and then you think, you know what, why have I not told anyone? Fuck, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to tell people. And there have been plenty of things happening over the years where... Information comes out And so, you know, people are like Oh, I've now got confidence to speak So When you have these people That don't speak And then speak at a minute When, you know, money's on the table Or something like that You just think What's the real reason you're talking about this now? You know? So, yeah, I question her I know you know do I believe her no but do I believe like Andrew didn't know Epstein was a fucking weirdo obviously not he knew and like everyone because everyone knew anyway everyone's trying to pretend that no oh the news only just came out everyone fucking knew everyone knew but he was handing out so much cash and favors no one gave a fuck. He had a pass. You know what I mean? He had a free pass. So people trying to act like it wasn't you're in anything different. You're all fake fucking idiots, man. You know what I mean? You're all living a lie, but now, now it's all out, out in the open. You're trying to act like you're these righteous warriors fighting for the truth. Please Oh please You know what I mean Everyone's lying motherfuckers It's as simple as that And if you're expecting anything From this situation You're fools And if you're a lawyer You're a liar Because you know you can't do anything And you'll take people's money You know what I mean Feeding them lies is a bullshit situation. Andrews are just a, a moron. Okay, look, people, deal deal with it. There's nothing's changing. I I tell you that now. Nothing is changing. Okay, so over the weekend, um, you know, there was a 
the NFL held a a workout for Colin Kaepernick. So, I don't know if people know the situation, but, man, I forget, like, a good few years back, Kaepernick took the knee um, as a protest against police brutality in America. Uh, And because of all of it, like he was playing for San Francisco 49ers and his contract got cancelled. And so since he's been without a team. So now Jay-Z came on to the NFL and he's been working with them to help with social issues and stuff like that. And it is believed that the whole the whole thing was kind of he helped negotiate the situation. So they'd rented out the Atlanta Falcons training facility. 25 teams had come to check him out. You know, so they were going to hold this private workout so Kaepernick could show his skills, show his ability, show he's still in shape, do his thing, and potentially... Get a team and get back to playing NFL football, you know? Now, all of that on paper is sounds sounds great. It sounds exactly what was needed. Do you know what I mean? What Kaepernick had been asking for, an opportunity to get back out there, and this was it. And so this plan, this would be, like, everyone knew what was going to happen. Everyone knew the plan. Everyone, you, you know what I mean, understood the situation. But it was, I think it's like an hour before it was all meant to happen. An hour, I think some people say 30 minutes, so I'm not quite sure. But between an hour and 30 minutes before... All of this was meant to go down. Kaepernick, I think it was just a tweet. He didn't tell anyone. He just sent out a tweet saying he was now going to be doing his own workout at a school. Own workout at a school. And um, he was bringing all the media to come watch him do this. Right, which is crazy. It's crazy, right? So, I think what happened was six teams were able to make it to the school. So, six teams went. All the others didn't. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's like, maybe they couldn't get there. Because that's, you know, it's short notice, man. It's short notice. Or, and I wouldn't be surprised if some were just like, you know what, fuck it. There's that short notice, you're just like, nah, man. And so, yeah, so he worked out for 40 minutes, you know what I mean, throwing. And the other thing was, he was just like, well, yeah, let me get. So he worked out for 40 minutes and you know, spoke to the media and everyone like that afterwards, and 
yeah, it's just, <clears throat> it's insane, look, I, you know what I mean, I ain't gonna say I know all the minutiae of the situation, but it's insane, you know, for someone saying that they want to play, and they want this thing, to, to do what he did, it's just not productive, you know what I mean, now, there was talk about some sort of waiver that the NFL wanted him to sign to do this practice, right, there was that, and also, I think the word was, he wanted to pick his receivers, so he wanted to throw to certain people rather than just whoever, you know, the NFL was brought along kind of thing, which, you know, it's all, like, all the arguments I've heard from Kepernick, it's a bit like, really, like, they don't make any sense, because if you really want to fucking play, if you really want to do this thing, you just do it, you just sign away, be like, alright, I'm going to be throwing for 40 minutes, fuck it, I ain't going to get hurt, it's a, it's a minor, you know and, you know, even if I pull something, I still sign for a fucking team, you know what I mean, I, I, you know what I mean, it's whatever, I'm, I'm, the goal is today to get a team, to get back out doing what I love to do, that's what this is about, right, so that's what you think, so yeah, fucking just sign it, sign it, whatever, the other thing is, the big thing, I think the big thing in this situation is the notice. So you've had, let's say, a week. Let's say a week. I'm assuming it's probably longer, but let's just say a week, right? Now, in that period of time, you might not be happy with the venue, okay? You might want certain things, but you have this period of time to negotiate, to do whatever, whatever, and you don't, 30 minutes, an hour before it's meant to start, so in that time period, you know everyone's there, or they're virtually there, they've been en route, so they're there, or they're very close, they're arriving shortly, so you can't then send out a t- send out a tweet as well to say, yeah, you know what, I ain't going to um Atlanta. I'm going to this school. So that's just crazy. Because what are you saying with that? You're basically telling everyone to go fuck themselves. So, 25 teams went, so out of all 32, 30, all 32 were invited, 25 came along, okay, and, yeah, you just told all of them to go fuck themselves, 
You know what I mean? This is essentially what you have done, right? So, you know what I mean? Because if you wanted to change the venue and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to go there, you'd tell them in advance, tell them well in advance so they don't travel. So they don't travel, they don't put themselves out and they can go, okay, we will come to this new venue or nah, we're not coming. So you, that's what you would do. But... You know, because he, he's saying that he's been blacklisted from the NFL. Now, I think by doing this, this has not done him any good. Any good. Because as of today, he has not got a team. Jerry Sue did his thing, hasn't got a team. And I could under I can very well understand that people are just like no, we're not signing him because he showed no regard for anyone else. No regard for anyone else. So the teams are probably thinking we could sign him and he might just go maverick and do some other bullshit. So why are we putting ourselves up for that? No one want that shit. If we're going to sign him, we want a good player. And yes, he, he may well be a good player still. But if he's got this negative attitude, he could fuck us in so many other ways. And no one wants that. You know I mean? People want, you know what I mean? You just want to be controversy free. That's it, controversy free. So you don't want players or anyone doing anything crazy. Or potentially, you know what I mean, saying anything inflammatory, anything crazy that could make headway and could potentially have people boycotting your team. So then you're losing revenue. And, and so by him changing the venue, that's, that's a big fear, I'd assume. You know what I mean? That's what I'm assuming. From this So Word is That him and his team are thinking Of holding another Workout in March Next year As part I think the NFL have some big managers Meeting kind of thing So they, they're thinking of doing it Then <sighs> I don't know I do not Know man you know what I mean? Like, if it, that's going to change anything. Because this, look, the workout was was arranged at the Atlantis Falcons training facility. A world-class training facility. And instead, you went for a high school? You went for a high school. What? The fuck? This dude is insane. This dude is insane. And it and it really feels that it wasn't about getting a team. It was about, alright, how can I keep my name out there? How can I create this big thing about me? Because if you really want to fucking play, you're just gonna you will do what ever to get that shit
and it, it seemed he he really wanted just to play up to the to the press to some crowds of people you know it was a publicity stunt that's what it seems he wanted more than getting a team you know because you think if he can get all this shit people might call him up to get interviews so he's making money from the interviews maybe he can parlay that into a hosting gig or you mean something like that so yeah i can make money without playing without you know potential brain injury without you mean all this other stuff so maybe that's what he wants to do you know what I mean? Like parlay his name to something else other than playing football. American football. Because it's not football. But, um, yeah. But, boy. It's just, it's just not sensible. It's not wise. It's not the look if you really want to play. And that, I feel... Is the question right now Does Kaepernick Really Really want to play Okay so This Look don't get me wrong This is a, a sad thing Right it's a it's a sad thing that happened But um So uh, um, A young lady her name was Lee Cambridge. She was 29. 29. She went to Turkey for a um a Brazilian butt lift operation. I don't I wonder why they call it a Brazilian. You know what I mean? Isn't wouldn't a butt lift just be a butt lift? Like I haven't noticed Brazilian asses being different from Greek asses or, you know, Nigerian asses. Like, a good ass is a good ass, right? But anyway, anyway. So she went to have this operation in Turkey. And, um, yeah, it went wrong. And... She died on the table Okay She was a mother of three Which is just Crazy And so Her husband So at the moment The the coroner's inquiry is happening Because this happened August last year August 2018 So This I think this piece comes from You mean Stuff that's happening in the inquiry but so her partner, he said he flew to Turkey as soon as he found out she died to speak to the surgeon and to see her body. Like, I don't really see what... Speaking to the surgeon I, doesn't really do anything. You know what I mean? But, so the thing, but the thing is, right? So he's saying that when he... Um, when he went to speak to the surgeon The surgeon seemed nervous Right? And and told him It's a guessing game You can't see where you're going into 
you know and he said uh, his exact words were it's a matter of life and death when you were doing it but see my my thing with that is okay like how do we actually know they're his exact words you know, unless the conversation was, like, taped, recorded in some way, I'm not taking anyone's words that these are exact. Because, look, if something crazy has happened, you will remember things in a different way. You know what I mean? Like... You could remember something and it's so clear in your head Doesn't mean it happened you, know, you are in shock at that moment in time So the way you're processing information Is completely different to another day When you're just being told something So I think that's weird And I don't believe you know, I, I I wouldn't trust that being, you know, the case Because the doctor then put out his own statement saying um, That he's done the operation in the region of a thousand times Without any serious complications, you know But then again, obviously you're going to say that The only thing that really... You can take into account in this situation is like hard facts. You know what I mean? So if you look at the details of all these operations that have happened over a certain period of time, and then going, okay, so that went fine, that went fine, that fine. Oh, there was a problem here. I oh, that happened there. Blah, 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 blah. That, like that's the only truth, really. You know? It's the only real truth you can believe. Because people, they just say different things And saying the doctor appeared nervous and scared Like, you know, that that can be completely misconstrued as well And also, maybe just doesn't like talking to people Like talking to a relative How many people have you known who work in the medical profession And they have to talk to someone after there's been, you know, something has gone wrong And their partner, their child, their loved one You know, their relative, whatever, has died No one likes that And most people who say, I hate that part of the job I hate it, it's the worst I feel uncomfortable, I just don't like it So, someone being nervous and scared in that situation It doesn't really mean anything I think... The, but the the thing that shocks me about this whole situation, the real thing that I find so weird is that so this young lady saw this procedure advertised on Instagram, but it says but was unaware of the risks. That to me. Is crazy It's just crazy Firstly If I saw something advertised like that On Instagram And the operation was 6,500 right I'd be like um, 
I, you know, I'd look into it because I'd be like, okay, so is that, you know, is that the average price? Is that, you know, because you don't want to, you wouldn't want to go somewhere where the price, you know what I mean? Say in America, it's 30 grand, you know? So you'd be like, why is it so cheap there? You know I mean? That would give me pause. So I'd be, look, I'd want to know about that. And then I'd want to know. Okay, so what's the situation? You know? So, if I'm going for a butt lift, how long after the operation can I move? Like, and what's my level of mobility going to be? What's the aftercare? What do I have to do? Do I have to rub a certain cream in? Do I have to sit in a a, a certain solution? You'd be looking into all of these things. And especially... If I was in a relationship, if I had children, I'd be like, okay, so what are the risks? Because I know I had dependence. So it'd be like, all right, what are the risks? If What's the worst situation from this? You know what I mean? You, you want to know all of that. And if I'm going to another country... It's like, so what kind of anaesthetic do they use? Like, what are their procedures? What are their... You would do your due diligence. You know what I mean? And I think the big thing is, is this surgery supposedly isn't performed in the UK. Um, well, I think... I think a lot of clinics won't perform it in the UK because of the the, the risks of doing the operation. So that would give me pause. If I knew, okay, no one in, in, in where you live will touch this. It's a bit like, uh, why not? Like, what, what's the deal? Why won't they do it here? Then you have to look at the countries that will do it, all right? So you'd be like, okay, so they've got a good health system. They've got a good, all right, it gets a bit squirrely there. Like, mm, you know what I mean? So you'd be looking into all of this stuff. So the fact that this wasn't done is just weird. And listen, as I said, it's a sad situation but you you have to take a level of um um oh what's the word like culpability you know what I mean because and especially in this day and age we have access to so much information it is so easiest, easy for us to search and go, all right, what are the risks of this operation? Do you know what I mean? Where does this operation? What's the cost of this operation? What's the aftercare for this operation? Do you know what I mean? It's so easy for us to you know I mean, look into this information. So if you haven't done any of that, then if something terrible goes wrong... You are partly to blame. You are partly to blame. Now, 
listen, and uh, uh, you mean a hospital? Going to any sort of hospital, you should be expecting a a level of care, right? So you mean you're not fully to blame, but there is a level of culpability, which, yeah, I just think it's just a bit weird. It's when um so she the, the the lady saw this on Instagram and it was through a, a company called Elite Aftercare ironic with that name right who work as a go between and connect like patients with surgeons who will do the procedures they're looking for and when they asked um the lady who who runs this uh this company her name is Georgina Neville right so they asked her will you continue to enable clients to have butt lift operations despite many uk clinics refusing on account of the danger she responded i declined to answer yeah just it's just a mess man a complete and utter mess Oy. okay so one thing that i'm kind of wondering about right now because i, I keep on seeing a lot of different stories um like two the come to mind like straight away um and you know i mean obviously there was more but these just two ones i remember are like um so stormzy has come out saying how he was in hysterics because he thought his glastonbury set was a wash um you've got amelia clark talking about um the pressure of doing the nude scenes in um, Game of Thrones and all of this. The thing what is kind of baffling me a little bit, right? So if you think about it, Glastonbury happens in, I think, June? Yeah, I think Glastonbury happens in June. Um... You know, Game of Thrones finished earlier in the year, last year. I forget, man. But her nude scenes were in the first, ush, I don't know, three seasons. And then they kind of, a lot of the nudity kind of stopped. I think... I know after a period of time, it was like they kind of stopped it for the most part. I mean, there was still nudity, but a lot of the big actresses like Lena Headley, um, you know, they stopped doing as many nude scenes. And look, I understand. Right. So I've got no problem with people talking about this shit. Right. So, yeah, obviously. Talk about the things that are on your mind. Talk about the things that concern you, um, worry you, whatever. That's not an issue. 
But the thing I find odd is is the time frame. Like, why now? Like, why not talk about it then, after the fact? You know? that That's what... It just seems... People seem to wait ages before they come out with something. And you... Like, it makes me wonder at times. Like, is this a publicity thing? You know? Because why are you waiting? Why not just say, listen... I thought this was blah, 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 or doing this, man, it makes me feel a bit weird, and like, I don't know, blah, 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 because, you know, I remember reading how it was on a HBO series, it might have been, um, actually, I, yeah, for, for a second, I thought I had the name in my head, but then, it, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, it was something about sex, People who invented sex Or something I don't know It was a HBO series But one of the actresses Spoke to someone on set And then they got someone in To like monitor sex scenes And they put these new things in place And then a whole heap of other programs Started doing that shit too but it was just like it. You know what I mean it takes one person to say something for then other people to go, oh yeah, you know what? Actually, I've been thinking that too. So it's a bit like say something, and and listen, and it's and this is the thing. It's not like other people have haven't haven't talked about this shit. Like there's been plenty of people talk, who have talked about sex scenes in films and TV. Or there's been a whole heap of people that have talked about a performance they thought went horribly wrong, but then when they took when they stepped back, they realised everyone loved it. So yeah, so you know what I mean. It, if it was no one had ever talked about this stuff before, I can understand. But because they have, it's a bit like. Why have you waited this long before you've talked about this stuff? You know, that's, that's what, that's what kind of concerns me at times. Because, you know, a lot of times you see these things and it is clear that, like, it's a publicity stunt. It's a publicity grab. It's a way of keeping someone's name in the news so they'll hold information back and then they'll put it out at a certain time. So it's just like, yeah, why? Like we need there needs to be more transparency with everything. You know what I mean? Like talk about it. Why not? Like why are you holding shit back? There's also talking about things, it's helping other people. You know, I always have this thing about, um, like, climbing up a ladder, and, it, it, like, you turn around and you help the next person up, but too many people kick that ladder away, 
You know, so they're not helping the next person or the next generation or the next. You know what I mean? It's just like, nah. I'm just gonna. I'm looking after me. And if you were to say, if you look, if you came out and said, look, I didn't say anything in the after the first season because I was a bit worried. If I said something, maybe I'd get written out. But then, when something gets to a certain level. You understand that, alright, I'm I'm kind of safe And if I talk about it in a certain way People can't touch me, right? Because you think about the, the conversations that have been had Over the last few years About uh, sexual harassment and entitlement um, you know, just think like that So if someone came out and said You know what I mean, I'm like I feel uncomfortable doing nude scenes And then the studio is like Right, and they just sacked them <laughs> Whoa You know what I mean That, oh my gosh If that happened Just think about the backlash Think about what would actually happen it would be insane And if anyone says it wouldn't You're a liar You know what I mean You're a dirty liar Because it would be crazy It would be crazy Everyone would be up in arms People would be saying Boycott the show Boycott the network You know what I mean It'd be insane So do it Look, if 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 something is bothering you, if something is making you uncomfortable, talk about it. You know what I mean? Talk about it. Share your fears, share your anxiety because I guarantee there are a lot of people that will be feeling the same way and by hearing you will take comfort and it will mean they will act as well And then shit changes You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, fuck it That's what I think But, um, alright Let's move on to some other shit, right? Do you know what I mean? Because, um Yeah There's some jazz happening right now You know? Oh, but before that Let's, um Yeah, let's talk about some film shit Okay, people, just a little heads up for you right now, okay? So, at the moment, we had the UK Film Festival happening um, around central London, okay? Um, it is a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a short film festival, essentially, uh, it the launch was on um, Tuesday, and it will be, you know, what I mean, it's it's going on every night of the week until um, it ends on Saturday, and um, yeah, so far I have seen a good chunk of really good films. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, so yeah, I I. Really recommend checking this out. Like, so 
you know, the festival aims to champion great films, but in particular is seeking work from those filmmakers who might not yet have had the chance for a prestigious public screening of their work. Screenings in the heart of London, um, you know, they, they celebrate the cultural diversity of films made in the UK and a welcome films from all over the world, you know, so, um, yeah, it is, look, I'm gonna put the details in, um, the episode, so, if you want to find out, um, you know, there's social media links, the website link, go to, um, the episode notes, and you'll find it, because, um, I believe, there are still tickets available for definitely for Saturday, definitely for Saturday, and um, that is a um, Saturday is actually a feature film. It's a feature film called Two Paris. It starts at seven p.m. and um, after the film will be a Q and A with the director Sergey. Sarkisov, and um, it's happening at the Soho Hotel Cinema, so yeah, it's meant to be a great film, so um, if you're around on Saturday the 23rd of November, and you want to see some, an interesting, good film, you know, a little independent number that isn't around anywhere else, this will be for you people, but Look, there's also um, films tomorrow, Thursday the 21st and Friday the 22nd um, So check the website, there may still be tickets, I'm not quite sure But yeah, uh, go check that out, you know If you are interested in um, world cinema And just good cinema, you know, interesting cinema Yeah, alright, boom Oh, goddamn, people, Friday night, ah, what a great time, so it was the, um, the launch of the EFG London Jazz Festival, um, man, I forget what number this is, but, yeah, there's been a few, (laughs) definitely been a, um, a few, but it's always fun, man. I love this time of year. I was trying to think, um, you know, how, like, when I started going, and yeah, I think it was like 2010, maybe. I think the Barbican was the first place I went to for some stuff, but, um, Yeah, last few years I've been hitting the uh, Jazz Voice opening gala at the South Bank And always a great time This year, really no different Like, uh, so many talented artists Um, So we had uh, Cecile McLaurin-Salvant Cherise Adams-Burnett uh, Jalen Unganda, Judy Jackson, Matthew Whitaker, Rawl Midon, Urban Flames, and 
Corin Bailey Ray. God damn it, I love Corin Bailey Ray. She is so talented. So talented, man. Uh I yeah, and the crazy thing, I didn't even know um she was gonna be there tonight. Because I'm seeing her on Monday, which is great. So yeah, it was just like interesting to get a glimpse of um you know what she was gonna bring. Because the last time I saw her was at uh, Stevie Wonder in July. So uh yeah, this was a little this was definitely a little different, you know. And um yeah, like vocally, like she kills it. Vocally she kills it. This the jazz Man, she adds a little salt, you know what I mean? There's a little sultry kind of t tilt to the voice. It was just, yeah, it was fire, man. It really was good. But as I said, look, everyone brought it. It was just so much fun. Like, there was, uh, as always, like, with live music, sometimes there is a bit of disappointment. Like, Jalen and... Ungada was uh, man, he's really good, but he's not loud. Do you know what I mean? Like the great voice. Do you know what I mean? Really talented cat, but yeah, he he's not a um a boisterous singer, and so he's the mic was just it wasn't loud enough when. He um when he was singing, like not until the very end. So it was a bit of a shame that he did get a little bit drowned out by the um orchestra. I mean, you could still hear him, you know. Uh, especially I'm at the front, so that's always a good look. But it's just like, yeah, it it would have been nice if, you know. The le his mic level was louder, so it really resonated through the venue, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, everyone just killed it. Urban Flames. God damn it. I've, like, never heard of them. And they were a big surprise. You know, they, uh, they killed it. Really killed it. Because most people did a couple of numbers... Um, and yeah, Urban Flames, they really reminded me of that early 2000s, you know, late 99 R&B. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you think back to a lot of those groups that were coming out, I mean, really hitting it with the flavour. Like, it's a UK group that I remember, Fierce. Oh, those girls were great. But yeah, had that kind of vibe A little um, God damn it I don't know 3LW Not really 3LW But um, it's like early new new edition Yeah, they just ah, It was great It's just like the harmonies And just the way everything flowed In the first track The rap I'm, I'm never quite Ugh you know what I mean? Like, when people throw in the little rap, doesn't always work. Doesn't all, for me, anyway, doesn't always work. I remember, um, oh, God, who's a girl group? And Alicia Dixon was a part of it. Um, 
oh my god, I can't think of their name, but yeah, I I was always when they sang, loved it. Alicia Dixon, I was always like, she's not a good rapper. She needs to stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, Urban Flames, people, if you get a chance. Definitely check for them. I mean, to be honest, you choose to check for everyone up on this lineup. You mean everyone was killing it. it? Was so much fun, and um, yeah, like Guy Barker was the um, you know what I mean he controlled it all with the EFG London Jazz Festival Orchestra, who were just on point. You mean they were on. Point, yeah, was so good. Um, the 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 host of the night was um, Jomeke Fashola. Um, uh, I was very disappointed with her. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like not being bad or anything, but she was just reading everything off her iPad. And that's just always, uh, it's always a bit disappointing, you know what I mean? Because it's just like, it never feels natural. It, it always just feels way formulaic. Even when you've kind of put some jokes in, in your spiel, it just never comes off right. And I'm always a big component to never... Like, never just hold shit when you're doing public speaking You know, it, it's like when you do stand-up Always remember the jokes Do you know what I mean? It's not about looking at your phone and reading shit off Ah, man, it's just frustrating It's just like Because a lot of the stuff she was saying She didn't have to say I'm like, it could have been a lot more personable, it could have been more fun, more chilled, if she just, I feel, spoke from the heart, and didn't just read stuff off of, you know, the iPad, and she was just like, oh, so they just sang a number from Stevie Wonder, and the album came out in 19, blah, blah, blah. and it's just like, yo, people don't need to know that, you know what I mean, you could just say, Say whatever, and then go, look. If you want the album information, all of that, it'll be on the website. Go on the website. You know, I mean, that would have been a better thing for me, anyway. Like there was one point where she was just like, uh, "Oh, so um, that was from Stevie Wonder's, um, I think it was Key of Life album. Uh, I could name every track of that album, and it's just like." Yeah, because you're holding an iPad. If I if I was holding something that had access to the internet, I could give you all the information as well. <laughs> it's not a big feat, girl, you know? <laughs> but um yeah. <laughs> I that was the only downside of the evening, the hosting. Other than that, it was a fantastic evening. I love the jazz festival, and I I really can't wait because I'm yeah I'm seeing Corin Bailey Ray on Monday, and uh, Cleveland Watkiss on 
Sunday, next Sunday, I believe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's going to be cool. You know, I don't know. Sometimes I, I just do a little off-the-cuff visit somewhere. But I don't know. Money is very tight this year. So, you know, maybe not. But, um, yeah, if you get a chance, people, make your way to any of the fest any of the venues with um some jazz because you know there it, it's all over the place right now it's on for the next i think it's like 10 days yeah and so you will be able to get jazz all over the shop and um definitely should because yeah this is one of the best festivals people one of the best festivals so um yeah go enjoy some jazz right ah god damn it what a great night just back from the um from the south bank another night of jazz this time it was at the queen elizabeth hall and um yeah got to um check out Corin Bailey Ray do her own thing, she had her own, you know, what I mean spot, and it was outstanding. Yo, firstly, I gotta say, the dude that introduced her, I I forget his name. My memory is terrible. I apologize. That dude, great job. Do you know what I mean? And it it was so much better than the lady introducing at the um jazz voice gala because he wasn't reading off of an ipad or anything like that he was succinct he was concise and it all felt genuine you know what i mean it all felt genuine and nice and so then corin came out and Ah, it's like her voice is balm for the soul. It really was, you know, I mean, it's what was needed for Monday. Do you know what I mean? To start the week, like, ah, uh, when everything's just a bit ish, rubbish, and irritating, just sitting in that hall listening to the music. Ah, it was a joy. It really was. It just. Yeah, because, you know, essentially, um, I think the gig was just meant to be her doing kind of a lot of tracks from the last album, The Heart Speaks in Whispers, which is, uh, you know what I mean, it's a tremendous album, it's a great album, so she was doing a lot of stuff like that, um, like, Do You Ever Think of Me, which is... Oh my days, just such a great song, you know, just love that song, man Um, But she was, she was putting a different spin on things, you know, and that's what I love about live music Because you don't essentially, you want to hear the songs that you like But you don't need to hear them Exactly how they are on the CD, hearing, or um, now it's the stream, right? <laughs> it's not really the CD, but you know, it, it's always nice 
to have that new take on something So that's what we got And man, it, it brings something different it, it gives it that new kind of like ah, God damn it, love that shit And um, so yeah, she was doing a lot of that but then we got to hear some of the old stuff as well, like to see, um, you know, closer songs like that. Songs that really, I, I mean, I just love that music. Yeah, you know, I, re- I remember because I remember when you know listening to the first album, or just what that first single, that first single, you hear it and you're just like. Oh shit, she's gonna be good, man. Like this, it was just something different, and it was the voice and everything like that. And so you, I, I just, you just had that feeling that yo, if she maintains, she keeps up popping, yo, this is gonna be something. You know what I mean? This is gonna be something. And so I remember, I loved the first album. And then I, re- I think, I think it was in between the first and the second album that her husband died, and I just remember thinking, because there was a gap. I think it was the first album rather than the second and the third. But I just remember like, ah, where is she, man? Like she can't disappear. Her music is too great. And then I saw her, uh she supported Stevie Wonder, like, gosh, back, yeah, back, back, you know what I mean, and, um, yeah, then I remember finding out, oh, uh, and I felt so bad, man, but it's just, the music has so much feeling to it, you know, there's so much to it, and it just draws you in. It really does. So being able to hear these songs, it's it's great. And then even going back to the first album, you know what I mean? Like a star, um, put your records on. And one of my favorite songs is Breathless. And um, I haven't heard it in a while. So when she played it tonight, I was a bit like, Oh, I need to convince my friends to to, <laughs> to have that at their wedding Like, you know what I mean? I mean? They should walk down the friggin' aisle to that shit Because that's just, ah, it's a, such a great song Yeah, and so I'm gonna definitely have to try and brainwash them into doing that shit But this was a, just a fantastic night You know, um, like she did, um... Uh, I think the song Stardust, the song that she did at the um, uh, Jazz Voice Gala, um, she did that again, and it was it was different hearing it in the uh, Queen Elizabeth Hall rather than the Royal Festival. It just the acoustics, just everything. It's just a little bit different, and you just think, ah, it's such a lovely song. And she did that, and then she did a Bob Marley song that. For the life of me, I forget the name Like a lot of songs, I don't even know the names But when I hear that first beat, I know exactly what the song is Which is um kind of rubbish, but <laughs> You know, it's one of those things, baby uh, But yeah, it, it was just really enjoyable 
a, a great concert, had a great time, and um, yeah, listen, it, 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 go to the jazz festival, people, it's just, because, you know, she's not jazz, but, I mean, not jazz in the, you know, broad strokes, when you think about music and you think about the sensibilities of it, like jazz can branch out so far and wide, you know? So having her play at this, it does make sense. And it just really heightens the enjoyment of everything. And that's the beautiful thing about the jazz festival, that you get to see people sometimes who you wouldn't normally expect to be there. So, um, yeah, if you get a chance, go check it out. You know what I mean? You will have a blast. Trust me. All right? Cool. Okay, so this week we had a UFC event Coming up from uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, it was a um, f- uh, an ESP Plus card, and uh, the main event was uh, Jan Blakovic against Ronald Jacare Sosa. His first fight at light heavyweight, so he was moving up from middleweight. Uh, so it yeah. It was just like, what is going to happen? You know, I think this is the first time he's ever fought at light heavyweight. Blakovic, his last fight, was against Luke Rockhold, who had also moved up from middleweight. And uh, we saw what Blakovic did in that fight. So it was a bit like, Jackeray... You know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been great in his last few. Blakovic, incredible knockout. So, it was just like, ooh, what's going to happen? I ain't leaning towards Blakovic, but he's the bigger guy. You know, he's definitely got that light heavyweight power. And, uh, yeah, he, he wants to fight Jones. But, can Jacaray hang... Or will this be it for him? Will this be potentially his last fight? Uh, so, um, yeah, bit of a shit show. <laughs> to be honest, it, it wasn't great. Uh, yeah, Blagovich was mad tentative. Jackeray, he pushed the pace for the first three. Pushed forward every round. Back Blagovich up. Right, Blagovich, he probably took the last two rounds. But, yeah, it was a weird fight. Like, you you wouldn't have thought that Blakovic was fighting, looking with the intention of fighting John Jones. That that was the thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, this was an, you know, there was some, there was some interesting shit on this card. Wasn't as good as the last few. But, you know, there was some okay fights, though, for sure. Charles Oliveira, he fought well. Um, Ricardo Ramos fought well. James Krause had a good fight. Wellington Turman 
against Marcus Perez was a good fight. Randy Brown did his thing. Do you know what I mean? There's so look, there was some okay shit. And if you want to catch the full breakdown, you know what to do, people. Go over to um, Chin Check, download that, and uh, yeah, get the full breakdown, early prelims, prelims, and that main card. You know it makes sense, people. Go do it. Do it after this, obviously. You know what I mean? Boom. Okay, so this week I um, decided to check out Daybreak, which is the new TV series that hit Netflix on the 24th of October. It is um, created by Brad Payton and Aaron Ellie Coletti, and it's based on a comic book series of the same name by Brian Ralph. The um the show is starring Colin Ford, Olivia Aline Lind, Sophie Simmet, Austin Crute, Cody Kearsley, uh, Jeanette Godlock, Gregory Cassian. Krista Rodriguez and Matthew Broderick. It's um Andrew Lockington is the composer and it consists of ten episodes. Uh, the gist is this the series follows the story of 17-year-old Canadian high school outcast Josh Wheeler. Searching for his missing British girlfriend, Sam Dean, in post-apocalyptic Glendale, California. Joined by a ragtag group of misfits, including a 10-year-old pyromanic Angelica and Josh's former high school bully, Wesley, now turned pacifist, would-be samurai. Josh tries to stay alive amongst the hordes of Mad Max-style gangs, like the evil jocks, the cheerleaders, who are now Amazon warriors, as well as the zombie-like creatures called ghoulies, and everything else this brave new world throws at him. So... Yeah, like a friend recommended it. She watched it and was just like, oh, it's so good. Check it out. So why why not? You know what I mean? And I think one thing is like zombies, you know, there's so many shows with zombies and stuff like that. So I think when you check out something new, it's it's about looking, trying to see, okay, so what does this bring to the table? You know what I mean? What, what's different about this compared to, like, all the other things? Do you know what I mean? Is it just going to be another Walking Dead clone? Like, what? how is this going to hit? And I think it seemed interesting. It, it seemed interesting. Um, 
Because, you know, we've got that breaking the fourth wall And, uh, like, just doing the narration and stuff like that But then it would throw in with other characters breaking in And giving their own narration and stuff like that So you're like, okay, yeah, no, this could be fun And, yeah, so it's, it's telling the main story but with them flashbacks to, um, you know, the events before the apocalypse happened And so kind of filling in those gaps that way Which, um, yeah, I think definitely at first you're like, okay, yeah, no, this is interesting um, And it's giving you that kind of Insight into a lot of things I think As the story goes on There are certain elements of it That you do become a bit tired of Like I think One big thing is The whole Sam Dean situation You know Because obviously you're, you're kind of being fed this one narrative And you're just like it, It's going so far in one direction So it's clear Everything you're being told Isn't the full truth So that is one thing um, But you're just like Okay, so when are we going to get to it? Do you know, because it does drag a, a few things out A bit too long and you're just like, alright, when are we getting to this, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, I'm kind of done And I think also, the Sam Dean character as a whole is It really it comes off as wooden Now, I don't know if they, um, you know, if they just asked her to play it that way You know? Because that could have been the thing So, you know, it's Sophie Samet If they said, look, we want you to play this character like this That's fine But it does cut, she does come off just a bit wooden You know And just really fake And it just doesn't seem to fit that world And everything that you're getting Yeah, it's just weird Like the story's moving on and it's all fine and everything like that But there's certain things that suddenly get thrown in That you're just like, wait, what the fuck is this? This wasn't even set up All of a sudden we're just in, like, this whole, there was this whole thing about um, Consent And then slut shaming And Look that you know, they're topics that are valid topics, you understand, but the way they were introduced whew, it was very clunky, very, very clunky, you know. And, and, and so, you're just like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? You know, because it's all out of nowhere, and it was just all very forced to. 
get to this one thing. To you know, because we're told this one thing, and then we get the flashback on how it happened, and so all of this stuff is just like forced on you. Just go, it can show, and that's how. And it was just like, oh man, you really could have handled that a lot better, you know. So there was that, and that's you know, I think that was the first time it really came off as false as it did. But then, as the shows goes on, you you have this other bit as well. Towards the end, there's this big thing about how. You know, grown-ups fuck the world and all of this. And it's just a bit like, whoa, that wasn't really the narrative of the show. And now you're kind of going boom, 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 boom. It's just like, wait, what are you... You're going all over the place here. And then in the last episode, it's just like, oh, hold on. This is a phallic symbol of how men screwed the world. And you're just like, What? What is happening here? Like, what are you doing? It it just kind of started to feel like they had these faults. They're just like, hold on, this is in the current zeitgeist. Let's throw this into the show. Let's make a big point about this. Yeah, that's cool. How rad are we? And it's just like, oh, no, it doesn't work. If you just force it on them like that, it it has to be something that's playing out throughout the show. You know, it, it, it can't just be brought up as this big thing out of nowhere. You know, when none of the characters have ever kind of voiced that shit. So that was always that was very weird. Um, another thing that kind of I just thought was odd. Was the fact that, like, it's post-apocalyptic. Nothing's really working. They don't really change their clothes much, right? So no one's really changing their clothes much. And nothing really looks that dirty. I mean, like, perfect teeth, like, clothes, like, no one looks grimy, no one looks a bit just like, you know, everyone's just looking fine, so that's just a bit like, wait, huh, really, what the fuck is happening here, you know, even when they've been running, and, like, you know, they might have fallen over, no one's messy, no one's muddy, no one's just dirty, which is always a bit like, yeah, I don't really make any sense, then, look, try, don't get me wrong here, it's not like I want to see this, but I think in only one um, kind of post-apocalyptic thing seemed to get it right, and that was like um, 28 Days Later, I think that's the first one, right, 28 days, yeah, it was, and it's 28 weeks, so yeah, in 28 Days Later, when they go to the army base, and then the soldiers are like, oh, we got a woman and a girl. Yeah, let's gonna fuck them. And they try to rape them. And it's just like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, no one wants to see that. But when you're in a certain environment, certain shit is gonna start going down. Because there's no laws. There's no one enforcing laws. So you're just like, 
no one is just going to be like, oh, we have to do things like this, and let's do, yeah, people are gonna go fucking crazy after a while, you know, for, for a, for, at the beginning, people might be like, oh, okay, bum, 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 but then they're just gonna go crazy, like, look, just see what happens when riots break out, <laughs> you know what I mean, people go crazy, people loot, people steal, People fight, but yeah, you, you that's never really reflected, which is just a bit, you have everyone splitting off into gangs, these big gangs and doing them, and you're just like, mm, you might have some people doing that, not everyone though, not everyone, and so it's given this weird kind of narrative you know, it doesn't really ring true, you know, even though it's trying to ring true, but it just, yeah, there's a lot of shit happening that just doesn't, you know, and as I said, it started off okay, but yeah, it, it it then wants to be it, like as the show goes on, you feel it's wanting to be something else. Like they want Josh to be like this holier than this great character, and you have like everyone going, Josh, you inspired me. Josh, you're so good. Josh, you're so, and it's just like, like. Where? Where have you actually shown this? What you've shown us is him mooning over this girl he's trying to find. That's it. That's all we... Like, you don't actually see him, like, you know what I mean? Being this great person. There's nothing in the show, really, that is kind of propelling that character as this great person who people, like, follow and and people find inspiration in. You know, he's he's just a bit shitty, really. And at at the first sign of something, he does a shitty thing. So it's a bit like, what, what are you doing? And there's a weird thing, it's like, there's this thing with Sam and this video, and this video, I feel, it's meant to show her as being like this great person, it's, it's really not, it's just a clunky, forced thing, and it's like, no, people don't, this is just weird, this is really weird, like, the whole samurai thing is weird, there's just a lot of weird shit going on, that after a few episodes, you're just a bit like, you need to do something more here, otherwise, I'm kind of losing interest, so, yeah, it was a, it was a shit, it was a shame, because I feel the show did start off on the right track, it was fun, it was interesting, but yeah, it just kind of nosedived halfway through, and I just carried on, because my friend was like, you know, it's really good to stick with it, and you're just hoping, like, alright, it could get better, I'm hoping it's gonna get better, 
but it just mm, it it doesn't unfortunately i mean for me it didn't you know you yeah it was just like everyone can be brainwashed that's essentially what this was kind of saying everyone can be brainwashed and look some people definitely can be brainwashed not everyone though you know not everyone And so, yeah, it was just these weird false narratives that the show was trying to, um, trying to push. And then even at the very end, the way the show just finished was just terrible. It really was bad. I'm just like, look, I didn't, because, you know, you're kind of like, don't finish it. On this really certain note. Because that would have just been. So I wasn't mad that they didn't. And I had a feeling that they wouldn't. But then what they did do. Ah, oh, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. And it didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. Like you can see someone trying to make that grab. But. It's just like that that person who did make the grab. You're just like, yo, you didn't show them as that person. That was the thing. So when there was the moment of, oh, boom, 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 you could have had them respond like, yeah, I like, I like being in that position. I like, but you always had them going, no, I don't want to. I wish that never happened. Boom, boom, boom. So then. You 180 it and it just comes off as weird Having then someone straight away follow them Was just like Wait Why would that happen And then everyone just bending It's just like Yeah Nah you shit the bed there You really shit the bed man What the fuck is this You know It was just an odd one Yeah it just uh, Yeah it was I didn't like it. <laughs> I, it, it. It wasn't for me, unfortunately. You know, I, I was hoping it was going to be, um, yeah, something good, something decent that I could um, get into. But no, unfortunately not. I would say, though, um, if you're a fan of... Like shows like the three percent. Um, if you like things like Titans, you know a lot of that DC stuff, Riverdale, you know, Arrow, all of that kind of stuff. If you're a fan of that, if you're a fan of um, I Zombie, um, even Stranger Things. You know, if if you like those sort of shows, I think Daybreak is something that you would enjoy. Yeah, I I yeah I that's what I like. If you like the film Warm Bodies, it's definitely in tone with that as well. So yeah, if if these kind of things, yeah, if if they are like yeah, I like those. 
I enjoyed that shit. This is this is you. You will you will dig daybreak. So yeah, it's ten episodes. They're about 45, 46 minutes an episode. Roughly about that. It's um I think it's rated it's probably I don't know fifteen. Say at 15, but you get there's some violence. There's no sex, but there's violence. Um So yeah, if you're a fan of this stuff, you know, uh check out check out Daybreak, people. It's on Netflix, it's a Netflix original, so yeah, you'll be able to watch it whenever you like. Alright? Cool. So this week I checked out Age of Assassins. This is um, by R.J. Barker, and it's book one in the Wounded Kingdom trilogy, read by Joe Jameson. Uh, The gist of the book is this. Gerton Clubfoot, apprentice to the land's best assassin, still has much to learn about the art of taking lives. But his latest mission tasks him and his master with a far more difficult challenge to save a life. Someone or many someones is trying to kill the heir to the throne and it is up to Gitron and his master to uncover the traitor and prevent the prince's murder. In a kingdom on the brink of civil war and a castle thick with lies, Gerton finds friends he never expected, responsibilities he never wanted, and a conspiracy that could destroy an entire kingdom. So yeah, this is book one in a new trilogy, and I'm always, you know, it's it's good to get into a trilogy, because you've then got, you know, two more books, so you don't have to think about, oh, what am I doing next, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes trying to find things you connect with, and, you know, I have to say, like, this wasn't a bad book, I, I think there was a lot happening, Within the book that was different You know Well I say different I mean I mean just written in an Interesting way You know so Yeah you know it it was moving along Okay the story isn't bad And um, Yeah I think Jameson does a good job With the old narration So I think that was fine you know, um, and I think the whole apprentice relationship, you know, that's working well. You know, it's written in a certain way that I think you're thinking, okay, this all makes sense. Cool. This this works for me in in the fashion in which it is put together. The only thing was, as the book went on. I was finding it, like, yeah, not bad, but it was getting a bit more predictable, you know, as certain relationships were formed, you're just like, well, obviously, 
that's not going to last. Or, yeah, you know that there's going to be this come up, then that will happen, and then that will. Like, you know what I mean? It, 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 I think a lot of it was telegraphed. Or, I don't know, you know, maybe if you're, you know, you're new to the genre, it wouldn't, you wouldn't see it as telegraphed. But after reading a whole heap of stuff, I think sometimes you can just see certain things, certain threads a lot easier. So, yeah, there was stuff happening that I was just like, all right, yeah, I know where that's going. And, um, you know, like, uh, obviously that relationship isn't going to work. And, well, that person has been set up to look bad, but too, it's too obvious to have it like that. You know, because there's a lot of stuff happening that is so blatant, so obvious that you can kind of go, all right, red herrings, red herrings. Yes, that's not going to go like that. All right. You know, and, and and so I thought that's a bit frustrating. That was a, it was just a bit of a shame because it started in a fashion where you're like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see myself getting into this trilogy. Um, I think the, uh, a few other points were when the, um, I think just the overall mission, the overall situation which they are there for. It was all a bit just, I don't know, I think it was all a bit too obvious, like you knew it was going to, like you knew that Barker was going to kind of bring it to you in a, like, oh, there's going to be loads of twists, because the story itself was a bit too basic, a bit too basic for it to be working on just the premise which is given to you. So there's that. I think as the book went on as well, you know, I think you've got Gertron, he's set up in a certain way. And his master is set up in a certain way. And you're like, right, this makes sense. Okay, so they have these skills, this understanding, fine. Yep, all right, I'm down with that. But then as the book goes on, you find, firstly, certain mistakes are made that you're just like, well, how are they making that mistake? Like, that isn't logical to... Everything you have just laid out on that character doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make sense for them to do that or for them to react in a certain way. Like there's, um, I think probably halfway through the book, as a character finds out something and then is just like, oh, it becomes this big thing. And you're just like, that's not, that's not a huge thing. Like, because you think from where that character came from, that doesn't overshadow that. 
You read? It's just like you, you look at what was done for them. And it's like, no, like you wouldn't lose your shit like that. That's just ridiculous. Or if you're going to have them lose their shit like that, you have to sell the other thing a lot more than what it had been at the time. You know, so there was that problem. And yeah, it, it, it's just then the whole relationship between master and apprentice, it just then gets a bit weird. And, you know, you, you have the whole like, oh, oh, yeah, I didn't tell you that information. And it's just like, what what is... No, none of this, like, all of this is just happening just so you can then have a, oh, moment, or, oh, yeah, no, that's not right, because I found this out, which is, it just reads a little bit lazy, you know what I mean, it reads a little bit lazy, but not, but see, this is the thing, so you have these things that, that make that perception, but the book is written well, so that's the crazy thing about it, the book is written well, the book is written in a certain way, but with these certain threads, it, it comes off as just like, ugh, like, what have you done there, like, why, and then when the, I think, what I found was, when the book ended, I, it ended in a way, and I'm not overly mad at the way it ended, because it does get frustrating a lot of times when something ends, and it's so open, because, you know, obviously, they want you to pick up the next book, and it's just like, you hearing you know, that that could have been ended a lot better, so I'm not mad at the way it ended, but I'm just not compelled to pick up book two. Not compelled to pick up book two. So, um, yeah, I think I'm calling it quits on this one, you know. But, yeah, that, that's the crazy thing. I wouldn't say it's bad. I, I would say, look, if you are a fan of Robin Hoop, you know, um, Fitz. Yeah, it was Fitz, the, uh, the assassin and all of that in those books. If you're a fan of that character and that storyline and everything like that, I think this is, you would really enjoy this. You know, I, I, I think, you know, the whole Liverbird stuff and all of that, I think all of that kind of fits into this world. There is a, there's a big comparison within it. So, yeah, if you're a fan of um, Hoob's books, I think um, Age of Assassin, you, you will eat this up. And you'll want to find out what's happening in the, the, the next books of the, the Wounded Kingdom. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know. The next book is Blood of Assassins. But, yeah, I'm just... There's nothing that's pulling me to grab that book, which is a shame, yeah, because now I've got to find something new to read, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 <sighs> like, and the end, like, 
as I said, look, I'm not mad at the way it ended, but the lead up to that point did become a bit convoluted. Did become a bit convoluted. And, you know, there's things happening that were just like, he wouldn't let that happen. Like, why would you bother letting that happen? You know what I mean? It was just a bit like, yeah, that makes no sense. Doesn't really make any sense, really, if you break it down. But look, yeah, I, you know, I'm not mad. So I, that's the thing. If it was terrible, I would have just stopped reading this. So it's not, it's not a terrible book. As I said, Jameson does a good job narrating. Um, but yeah, there was just too many little bits in it. That kind of pulled me out of the story So I'm out But as I said look If you're a fan of Robin Hoob I think that's the best Kind of comparison I can think of You know the biggest kind of thing That is like oh yeah they're kind of similar Yeah if you're a fan of that RJ Barker's Books Will definitely Be for you so um, Yeah this was Age of Assassins Book one in the uh, the Wounded Kingdom trilogy by R.J. Barker. There you go, people. Okay, people. So um, yeah, we're drawing to the end of another episode, and um, in some interesting TV news, uh. Yorgos Lanthimos, who, um, you know, has been behind a lot of Oscar-winning films and nominated films such as The Favourite, The Killing of a Sacred Deer and The Lobster. He is now developing a, um, a, TV, a limited TV series for Searchlight Television. And, like, for me, the interesting thing about this is a story I wasn't even aware of. Um, So, he's adapting Mark Seal's New York Times um, best-selling not-fiction novel, The Man in the Rockefeller Suite. And, um, yeah, this story is crazy. So, it follows Clark Rockefeller. A Gregorious, successful and mysterious descendant of the Rockefeller clan When his wife Sandra begins to suspect that Clark isn't who he says he is And the decades-long web of deception of the man Real name Christian Kyle Gerstritter Slowly begins to unravel how insane is that? Jesus. Like that. Never even heard about that story. So this is going to be fascinating. David Gilbert is penning um, the series. Uh, Donald DeLine and Lafimos will executive produce it. So yeah, looking forward to that. Um, in, I think this is was... You know, always on the cards But Amazon has um, handed out a second season 
to their Lord of the Rings series. And, you know, it makes sense. Because firstly, Amazon paid a big chunk of change to get the property. Do you know what I mean? So they paid all of that money. All the, the episodes are really expensive. So when you put that much money into something, you're, you're going to have more than one. But to have one series would be insane. And I think they want to show their commitment to, you know, those hardcore fans who might question the whole thing. So they're like, look, we, we've got faith in this. We're putting everything behind it. And it's going to have a second series. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that was, um, yeah, pretty, pretty much on the card. So, um, we had that to look forward to. So, also, other news that, you know, I think was always on the cards and we, we knew was, you know, gonna come at some point soon, but... Hulu's Runaways will end with their third season that debuts on the 13th of December. Now, the creative team have said that this third season will provide a natural ending anyway, so it's all fine. But yeah, you know, it's done. You know, because look, Cloak and Dagger finished. All the Netflix shows were done. And um, the only other thing there is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's ending next year. And because, you know, Marvel TV is essentially kind of closing down. And all the stuff, for the most part, on um, the, the Disney app, new streaming service, that's going to be produced by Marvel Studios. So there, there's that synchronicity with the films. Like all this TV stuff, yeah, it was bound to go. But the thing that we don't know, because Disney owns Hulu, so... This could easily fold into Disney Plus, you know? I'm not sure if they own Freeform, so I don't know about Cloak and Dagger. But yeah, that stuff, it might not be over. You know what I mean? Like, there's unlike the Netflix stuff that had complicated contracts, which, even with those contracts, that stuff could still appear on Disney Plus. Because, you know, I think the contracts are up until 2022, 2023. And with all the content that's already been announced, we wouldn't see any new shit until that time period anyway. So, yeah, I, this was always on the cards. But it will be interesting to see what comes from it and if these characters are to show up again and in some really interesting news so um vikings man i love vikings was is such a great show 
You know, I, I think I'm on the fourth season. I think that's what I'm on right now. Um, what well, uh, I've got the second half to watch, uh, but so you know, the final season. I think it's about to um, hit next month in December. Uh, but they have just announced that Netflix have handed out an order for Vikings Valhalla, which is a follow-up series, but it, it, it takes place a century after the conclusion of the original series. Yeah, so it's a bit like, huh, what are they going to do? Well, the idea is this Um, It's going to dramatise the adventures of the most famous Vikings who ever lived So Leif Erikson, Freydis, Harold Harada and Norman um, The Norman King William the Conqueror Who I didn't even know was a Viking to be honest So yeah um, It says these men and women Will blaze new paths As they fight for survival In an ever changing and evolving Europe um, You know Michael Hurst Morgan O'Sullivan you know, They're going to be executive Producing this new series It's going to be filmed in Ireland MGM TV uh, uh, Producing it So like it's going to have The same feel of the original Series And Hearst said in a statement I am beyond excited That we are announcing the continuation Of our Viking saga I know that millions of our fans Across the globe will be thrilled By the belief Being shown in our show By MGM and Netflix Jeb Stewart, a truly wonderful writer, will bring new storylines and a powerful visual vision to stories about some of the most Vikings known to history. So, um, yeah, that's great news, right? And, um, people, thanks for listening. Share with your friends, leave a review. We out.